Starting now, The Federal Drive with Tom Tammen on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network, underwritten by Impress Technology Solutions and Dell EMC. Hello and thanks for joining us on this Wednesday, May 8th, 2019, six minutes past the hour. I'm Tom Temin. Our producers are Lauren Larson and Eric White. Our digital editors, Amelia Brust and David Thornton. Coming up in this hour of the Federal Drive, the Army has decided where to spend its artificial intelligence dollars. Plus, the U.S. Maritime Administration seeks funding for the third of six new training vessels. Those stories and much more ahead during this hour of the Federal Drive. But first, the Senate is considering a third nominee in a little more than two years to lead the Office of Personnel Management. The nomination hearing for Dale Cabanis comes as the agency she may lead faces some real uncertainty. The Trump administration wants to reorganize OPM functions and move them to the General Services Administration or Defense Department. Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco has the latest. It didn't matter who the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee had sitting in front of them this week. Members were going to ask the nominee for the Office of Personnel Management, whoever it was, about the administration's proposed reorganization of the agency. And that's because Democrats on the committee say they still don't know much about the OPM reorg and who it would impact and how and when. Dale Cabanis would be the new director of the Office of Personnel Management who would oversee it all. Senator Gary Peters is the ranking member of the Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee. Throughout this process, uh, we have repeatedly requested basic information about the reorganization, including data that justifies the proposal, an implementation plan, and an analysis of the impact on the federal workforce. Nearly one year has passed since OMB unveiled this proposal, and we have yet to see any of these. And I am disappointed by the administration's lack of transparency about this proposal. In order to work together to achieve our shared goal, uh, we must build a shared understanding of what the facts are. Ms. Cabanis, uh, if you are confirmed, uh, you'll be leading an agency facing sweeping changes, significant uncertainty, and a need to rebuild trust with Congress. Peters isn't the first to ask about the justification for the OPM reorg. Congressman Jerry Connolly chairs the Oversight and Reform Government Operations Subcommittee. He's been asking for documents related to the reorg for months. OPM says they're starting to share some with the committee, and they're planning to testify about it later this month. But the OPM reorg has technically already started, or it's about to. The president recently signed an executive order transferring security clearance authority from OPM to the Defense Department. The administration also wants to transfer HR solutions to the General Services Administration and OPM's Health and Retirement Services to GSA-2. OPM's policy functions would move to a new office within the White House. All of the Democrats who questioned Cabinus this week asked her about the reorg. Cabinus isn't part of the planning and discussions around the reorg until she's confirmed, so she didn't say much. But she did promise transparency with each of the senators who expressed concern about the reorg. Here's Cabinus. Because the people, policy, and programs of OPM have to continue. It doesn't matter where they sit. Those things are critical, and they're critical to the functioning of government. So I commit to you, Senator, if confirmed, I would work with this committee and any anyone who's interested. Democrats then kept their questions, focused on whether Cabinets would share planning documents and information about the reorg with Congress once she's confirmed. She says, yes, she'll share that information with Congress. It just might not be called a cost-benefit analysis. 
In my experience working on the Appropriations Committee, when agencies came to us wanting to restructure certain offices or make realignments or, for example, you know, changing uh, the Bureau of Public Debt to the Fiscal Service, I don't think that I ever saw a cost-benefit analysis. I, I tend to think of that more in terms of when people are looking at agency the promulgation of regulations. But I agree with you absolutely from sitting on the other side. I know that you've got to get all the information you need to best understand it. And particularly since, as I read the management agenda, it envisions the need for legislation. So the only way to get legislation to be able to effectuate this change would be to work with Congress. Members also wanted to know how Cabinus herself would handle questions about the legitimacy of the reorg. Here's Ranking Member Peters again with Cabinus. Ms. Kavanis, uh, just one final question here. Yeah, as you know, the reorganization plan that we've been talking about through this hearing is, uh, is complex and it uh, can raise some novel questions uh, of mm-hmm. authority as well. So if confirmed, what will you do if you are directed uh, by either the White House or the OMB to take a specific action that you believe is outside of the uh, OPM's legal authority? How will you handle that? Uh, Senator, I would strongly uh, try and explain that... Um, Throughout my career, whether it was in the Senate or in the executive branch, um, everyone, I think, has an expectation that I don't tell people what they want to hear. I tell people what they need to hear. So I think I would always be an advocate to try and make sure that people had the information they needed. That they would have the information they needed to realize that it's outside the authority? Absolutely. And would you be willing and will you commit uh, to making sure this committee, both the majority and minority, are aware of that instance uh, in, in the name of full transparency as yeah. to what's going on? I think that would be an, a part of the organic process of discussing legislation. I mean, I think if there's going to be legislation that's going to come up here that's going to be needed to effectuate some of these changes, it's going to be clear on its face where there are gaps, where you need legislation, where you need different legal authority. There may be disagreements about that. I'm sure we'll engage, um, if confirmed, in robust discussions uh, within the partners in the administration, but as well as the Hill, about what authority is needed. No Republicans questioned Cabinets about the OPM reorganization. Instead, they asked about OPM's long-held struggles to quickly process employee retirement claims. Cabinets says the retirement processing system needs a bottom-up review. She also expressed an interest in asking industry and other organizations who run large pension systems how they do it. The committee also asked about how cabinets would handle collective bargaining. Here's New Hampshire Senator Maggie Hassan with cabinets. Do you agree that it is in the public's best interest to allow collective bargaining and the other activities that flow from it, which promote the recruitment and fair treatment of a modern federal workforce? Yes, Senator, as we discussed last week, uh, the statute that we administered at the FLRA finds that collective bargaining is in the public interest. Thank you. And will you unequivocally commit to support federal employees and their right to organize despite the efforts of the current administration if you are confirmed? Yes, Senator, I will follow the statute. Cabinus has a lot of experience with federal employee issues. She served for several years on the Senate Appropriations Financial Services and General Government Subcommittee. Senator John Bozeman introduced her and vouched for her experience. Cabinus also worked on the very committee that's now responsible for advancing her nomination. She worked on the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee when it was just the Governmental Affairs Committee. And Cabinus also served as a member and later a chairwoman of the Federal Labor Relations Authority. The FLRA scored last among small agencies in the best places to work rankings during Cabinus's tenure. It's a point that wasn't lost on ranking member Peters. 
you're right, it was an issue, and I understand that the morale was not necessarily um, great, but there were also external forces that were threats to the agency at the time. The Department of Homeland Security was looking about whether or not collective bargaining was consistent with national security. This was an ongoing debate after 9-11. The Department of Defense was looking about potentially creating its own personnel system and going uh, away from the jurisdiction of the FLRA. So at the same time we were making internal changes, there were threats to the agency that probably would have costed about 60% of its jurisdiction. So I understand that there were concerns about the future of the agency as people had come to know it, but you know, there was not really anything that I could do to promise that Congress weren't going to make these changes. But Kapanis says she stepped into the FLRA job under some tight budget constraints. And that meant she had to make some tough decisions about human capital, procurement, and other management decisions. She also says she learned from the experience about how to better communicate upcoming changes to employees. And if she's confirmed, she'll likely have to tap into that lesson again. I think change is a constant in our world today. Um, we've got to help figure out a way to communicate more with our employees, to help them manage you know, the anxiety and the valid feelings that come about with that change and try and provide as much information as possible, you know, knowing that we're not going to be able to promise that the world is not going to change, but do, do what we can so that people feel like they have enough information that they can help, you know, make an informed decision about what they want to do and, and just kind of manage those emotions around that change. Nicola Grisco for Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Check out Nicole's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Still to come on Federal News Radio, the U.S. Maritime Administration seeks funding for the third of six new training vessels. It's the Federal Drive with Tom Temin. Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network.